0: Good evening and welcome to the Dr. Zeus film podcast. No particular film this evening, but as we get ready, uh, people are always asking me you know what films are good to watch and especially during the summer and you know it's it's hard to say it's hard to say because yes you want you want to be Out and about during the day. But I think at night in the evening is is the best best time to watch a film. And if I could really... If there was a film I could recommend... I mean, there's there's a series of films that I could recommend. And I've talked about The Seventh Seal before. I need to watch a few more of Igmar Bergman's films to really... I mean, there's Fanny and Alexander... That I've heard is really, really good. And if people have a problem watching a film with subtitles, then I don't know, you know, if you want the dubbed version. I I made that mistake twenty years ago when I rented the dubbed version of Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, and I couldn't enjoy it, and I had to watch the original with the subtitles. And but it but it educated me. Because foreign films, it was, yeah, not, not everyone watches foreign films. So, but I wanted to, and, and to immerse myself. I think the one foreign film that I really enjoyed because of the action was La Femme Nikita, which was so well done. And it was later turned into, an, into a TV series, I believe. <sighs> There's so many films that we could talk about. And usually I play clips on here and we discuss those. And there were so many ones from memory that I could talk about. And I mean, you know, and then we also could have our guest Gloria Vanderbilt. You haven't been on here in a while. No, sweetheart, but I will tell you that I did sleep with a couple of movie stars. Really? Really? Oh, well, Howard Hughes helped make the movies and Sidney Lumet and Sinatra. And he was kind of in the mix, too. Oh, really? That means you like him when you moan like that. Well, don't tell Anderson. One time, Anderson and I were on that dreadful late night show. And they asked if Howard Hughes... What if Leo DiCaprio was like Howard Hughes and I said, no, darling, sweetheart, he was a man, a man. Okay. All right. I like that. Thank you, Gloria Vanderbilt, for making it interesting. Oh, you're welcome. And then our good friend Carrie Fisher, who is going to posthumously receive her star on the Walk of Fame. So, Carrie... Anderson or Harrison got injured in D5. Oh
1: my god, don't even get me started on that man. He is acting like he's 26 and he's almost 80. But more power to him, you know. When we hooked up during Star Wars, I never thought in a million years he would continue to work. He was old even then. Well, by Hollywood standards, you know. And he came out of his shell and he was Indiana Jones and he was Han Solo. And then he was Patriot Games.
0: Carrie, I honestly need
1: to know your opinion on Indy 5. Indiana Jones 5. What can I say? If I was still alive, I would probably be the script doctor. I saw... The, I almost called it the cr- curse of the crystal meth But the curse of the crystal skull And let's just say it, it was a wrap up of sorts He hooks up with his former flame He finds out he has a child It was like watching an episode of Maury Povich In this aspect Harrison was the father Shia LaBeouf Which is kind of a strange thing He went from Transformers To Indiana Jones Wouldn't you check out that fucking time warp
0: Yeah you do have a good You have a good point Carrie Fisher But most importantly What do you think You, You are receiving the star On the walk of fame
1: Yeah they have to fucking wait Like five years till I'm dead For that shit What the fuck
0: I know Carrie
1: You know I hope that my ghost Can just float over my star My mother Debbie Reynolds has a star And To finally have one And not be able to just poop on it It is just It's not fair
0: I understand Carrie Um, If
1: you were here now Well honey I'm here as a ghost And you know it was wishful drinking. It was Hollywood 101. But in this aspect, I am Casper. And I'm not the friendly ghost. I'm the ghost that curses and smokes, you know. Yeah. Just imagine if Courtney Love were a ghost. <laughs>
0: oh, yeah, that's funny. Um. There have been many people who have received their star on the Walk of Fame posthumously. I, didn't James Dean get one posthumously?
1: I believe so, he did. I can't really... Conf- I didn't know him well. It was the 50s. You know, my mother said something very interesting once about James Dean. He was the one man that never checked out her butt. Really? Yeah, and yes, I know there's been so many rumors that he was bisexual and he was gay and all that.
0: Thank you, Carrie Fisher. And here at the Dr. Zeus Film Podcast, sometimes we want to have a little fun talking about film and film stars and the je ne sais quoi of what it means to be in film the silver screen. Yeah. That silver screen. I am pausing because, yeah, sometimes, okay, behind the scenes, we have to do things. <laughs> but good evening to the late night crew as I record tonight's podcast just about film and what it means. Like I said, uh, you know, the great Ray Charles once said, you know, the nighttime is the right time, and it is to watch a film and to be entertained. It's okay. It's all right. Um, I want to say hello to my audience tonight. I am doing this live on Instagram as I record. It's a new thing. I might do this more often. We shall see. Recently, I talked about Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf. I talked about Key Largo. I talked about The Breakfast Club. So it is an assortment of classic films. And the other day, I saw this question about the Golden Age of Film on Facebook. And I, I answered it and I said, well, you know, the 70s is considered the second golden age of film because the studio system had died and a rating system began. So what you could do is you had films like The Godfather with violence and language and situations and you had films like The Exorcist and The Devils and A Clockwork Orange. And I think sometime soon, I don't know if we already talked about A Clockwork Orange... Uh, I know that recently Malcolm McDowell celebrated a birthday A little bit of the old in-out, in-out on a weepy Devochka
1: That was me, that was Alex, and my three
0: droogs And we made t- up our zoo talks of what to do with the evening A little, the ultraviolets Yeah That movie, I had a professor in college who told me, honey, we used to talk like that. And I remember I read the book and I highlighted the books, which was a big mistake because then later I got a black light. And I remember I could read some of the book in the dark and I thought this is just funny, you know. Uh, But that's what films do. You know, we we parody these films like a clockwork orange and The Simpsons does. Uh my niece and nephew were watching The Simpsons and they were obsessed with the treehouse horror and they had parodied a War of the Worlds by um Orson Wells. You know, and I said to them, What's funny is Billy Holiday's gloomy Sunday started playing and my niece is singing along and I'm like, What the heck are you singing along to? Oh, I was so stunned. I was so impressed that i played the song for and she went how old is this song said it's 80 something years old our great grand oh your great grandparents but my grandparents were alive you know my grandfather was born in 1929 and my grandmother was born in 1933 they're both gone now but they are floating about yes just like carrie fisher and if they heard this show right now Oh my grandmother would be like I can't believe you use that kind of language Don't you realize that people are listening Damn it <laughs> Damn it <laughs> Her Oh let me just This is this is great we're just going to talk about film Freeform my grandmother could not stand What's his name uh, Mr. NRA himself Uh Uh No, I was thinking of another name. What was his name? Uh... (laughs) Oh, my goodness. And he was in the Ten Commandments. Here's the thing about the Ten Commandments. I was telling a friend this. Charlton Heston. My grandmother could not stand Charlton Heston, but she loved Yul Brynner. She thought Yul Brynner was just hot. And I'm thinking, here she's probably watching the Ten Commandments and rooting for Ramses, but not for Moses. Isn't that uh, so biblical? Roses parts the Red Sea. Moses parts the Red Sea, but for my grandmother, it was all about Yul Brynner and Ramses. Isn't that interesting? Uh... (laughs) Or even, I was talking tonight with a friend who's going to be on the show soon. We were talking about Anthony Quinn. My grandmother loved Anthony Quinn. I mean, I, she liked these these really, you know, exotic looking men, and um, and also Omar Sharif. You know, uh, Doctor Zhivago. Doctor Zhivago. Ooh, and my mother, she was telling me how she loves. What is it? Uh, the English Patient. I hate that fucking movie. But I love Dr. Zhivago. Probably because Dr. Zhivago was better written. <laughs> and if you remember Seinfeld, when Elaine had to watch it, she's like, it sucked. And I agree with her. It was so depressing.
1: Oh, won't you take me back to our garden?
0: And the man was a sleazeball. And at least with Dr. Zhivago, he was a doctor. It was Shavago, Yuri Shavago, and in the English patient, it was kind of like, oh God, this is like an episode of of Jerry Springer, (laughs) the airplane and the other man. (laughs) It was silly, it was really silly, and that's the beauty of the films from that era. You know, now they're just so contrived and so full of bullshit. There's a few good ones. There's a few good ones. My favorite film of 2020 was The Sound of uh, Sound of Metal with uh, Riz, Riz Ahmed. Oh my god. I I was I love Anthony Hopkins and and I'm so happy he won, but I so wanted Riz Ahmed to win. Oh, for the sound of metal. That was such a beautiful, heartbreaking. First of all, I've never seen a film tackle what it means to not be what it means to be death. And then and then he has to learn what it what it means to be death. That is his assignment from Paul Rassi, his teacher or Paul Ritchie, it was so powerful, it was so raw and visceral, and I remember watching it, I it was on Amazon Prime, and I watched it one night in December, and I was so stunned and moved by Sound of Metal, I was so moved by it, I've never seen a film like that before in my life, because you were right there with him when he loses his hearing, and then it makes you think about, okay, should I really listen to the music? That loud, or when you hear, the, I've heard ringing in my ears before, so it's like, Eek. yeah. It was such a beautiful, powerful film, and Riz Ahmed, Riz Ahmed, I could listen to him all day, but, and I loved him in in Venom. That's such a good fucking movie, but Sound of Metal, and then the woman that plays his girlfriend, and that is such a powerful performance. Both of them should have been nominated. And Riz Ahmed and the movie, the movie itself, it should have. I I mean, I saw Nomadland and Nomadland was very powerful. But the way Sound of Metal moved me and I thought this is just an indie film. It will probably get like an Independent Spirit Award. And it ended up being nominated and winning a couple of Oscars. And I was stunned because I thought, oh, my God. And then for Best Picture, it was that good. I thought, finally, they are getting it. They are getting that a performance like this. And Riz Ahmed is the first Muslim ever to be nominated for Best Actor. And it was so, oh, my goodness. This was probably the most diverse cast of characters ever nominated, okay? most diverse and yes that the academy has some growing up to do i mean the winners yeah i i was even stunned by some of the winners but that's what happens because remember it's all about that suspense when they open the envelope but that is not film itself those are just the awards And I love what Peter O'Toole once said Because poor Peter O'Toole He never won a competitive Oscar He received an honorary Oscar And He said to the interviewer once The interviewer said The Oscars Do you care? Oh yes of course Statues made of snow And they melt. Yes He called them statues made of snow And then he says I'm not dead yet And he was nominated his eighth time, and he didn't win. But he is still the legendary, illustrious Peter O'Toole, who matched wits with Katharine Hepburn in The Lion in Winter, matched wits with Richard Burton in Beckett, and was with Omar Sharif And Anthony Quinn in Lawrence of Arabia. And the the, the tagline was, if he was any prettier, it would have been Florence of Arabia. That's such a powerful. I loved it. I loved Peter O'Toole. And then Omar Sharif. Omar Sharif had worked with David Lean. You know, he was in uh, Lawrence of Arabia. Originally, strangely enough, Peter O'Toole was going to be Yuri Shavago, But. And, and the set and, you know, like I said the statues made of snow the, the Oscars. Omar Sharif wasn't even nominated for Dr. Zhivago He should have been, neither was Julie Christie. She was nominated for another movie. and that always kind of happens in those weird years. But Omar Sharif was nominated for Lawrence Lawrence of Arabia a, such a powerful film. There is so much going on. and there's so many unanswered questions. Set against this backdrop of the desert and that music and these actors, these cast of characters, it is so powerful. And whenever I would talk to my grandmother or other people in the family about these films, how powerful these these films truly, truly were. It was truly a different era and, I, and every time I watch Key Largo, I'm, I'm reminded of that and the brilliance of someone like John Huston and to have Humphrey Bogart and Lauren Bacall and Edward G. Robinson and Claire Trevor in one beautiful film. And this is a hurricane season is coming and this takes place during a hurricane. And like Virginia Wolf is, it's from a play. So it it plays out like a, a performance in one room. You know, nobody's nobody's tougher than Johnny Rocco, or maybe maybe it's Mister McLeod, Humphrey Bogart, and that's the power of these films is how they translate and how they uh, uh they just they stay with us forever. And so, here at the Doctor Zeus Film Podcast, that's my. That's my goal is just to talk about these films with you and kind of to relive how I feel when I watch them, the beauty and, um, to my audience, I say good night, have a great evening as well. And to you, the podcasters, as always unpleasant dreams.